Hello, friends. Uh, I've been spending much of my life looking at the relationship between politics, power, and economics. Uh, and uh, in that context, I think it's very important to contain Putin's aggression in, U in Ukraine, but also to be very clear-eyed about it. Uh, I want to give you eight very sobering takeaways from what I see happening. Number one, a lot of people are asking, will the economic sanctions now being put into effect stop Putin uh, from seeking to take over all of Ukraine? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, these sanctions will complicate Russia's global financial transactions, but they will not cripple the Russian economy. Uh, now, after Russia annexed Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula in 2014, the U.S. and its allies also imposed economic sanctions which slowed the Russian economy temporarily, but uh, Russia soon rebounded. And since then, Russia has taken steps to lessen its reliance on foreign debt and investment. Uh, so we would expect even less of an effect. Uh, in addition, the rise of cryptocurrencies and other digital assets uh, allow Russia to bypass bank transfers, which are the control points for sanctions. The sanctions already imposed or threatened could reduce Russia's gross domestic product, uh, but by only a few percentage points. Secondly, what sort of sanctions would seriously damage Russia? Well, clearly sanctions on Russia's enormous oil and gas exports would cause substantial harm. Uh, Russia produces 10 million barrels of oil a day, about 10% of global demand, it ranks third in world oil production. That's just behind the United States and Saudi Arabia. It ranks second in natural gas production behind the United States. Uh, then why not impose these sanctions or sanctions on oil and gas? Because they would seriously harm consumers in Europe and the United States, pushing up energy prices and worsening inflation. Now, although the United States imports very little Russian oil or natural gas, that doesn't matter. Oil and natural gas markets are global. So a shortage that pushes prices higher in one part of the world will have similar effects elsewhere. The price of oil in the United States is already approaching $100 a barrel. That's up from about $65 just a year ago. Now, the price of gasoline is averaging $3.53 a gallon already. The price of gas at the pump is the single most important indicator of inflation for most people, not just because they depend on it, but because the cost is emblazoned outside every gas station in America. Uh, number four, will stronger sanctions weaken Putin's control over Russia? Well, we hope so, but it is not necessarily true. In fact, they may enable Putin to fuel Russia's suspicions toward the West stir up even more Russian nationalism. The harshest U.S. measures could cause the average Russian to pay higher prices for food and clothing or devalue pensions and savings accounts because of a, cash, a crash in the ruble or Russian markets. But uh, look, these sacrifices might serve to rally Russians around, around Putin. Five, any other foreign policy consequences we should be watching? Well, yes. In a word, China. Russia's concern about the West uh, has already led to a, a rapprochement with China, a strong alliance between the two most powerful world autocracies could be very worrisome.
Number six, what about domestic politics here in the United States? Well, foreign policy crises tend to drive domestic policy away from the headlines, thereby weakening reform movements. Putin's aggression in Ukraine has already quieted conversations in America about voting rights, filibuster reform, build back better, at least for now. World War I brought the progressive era to a halt. World War II ended FDR's New Deal. The Vietnam War stopped Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. Wars also legitimate huge military expenditures and giant military bureaucracies. We're already spending $776 billion a year on the military. That's a sum greater than the next 10 giant military powers, including Russia and China, put together. The possibility of war also distracts the public from failures of domestic politics, as the Spanish-American War did for President McKinley and the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq did for George W. Bush. Now, hopefully, Biden's advisors aren't thinking this way. And finally, seven, could the sanctions lead to real war between Russia and the West? Well, that's unlikely. Americans don't want young Americans to die to protect Ukraine. Most Americans don't even know where Ukraine is, let alone our national interest in protecting it. And neither Russia nor the United States wants to be annihilated in a nuclear holocaust, obviously. But international crises such as the one now brewing in Ukraine always run the risk of getting out of hand. Russia and the United States have giant stockpiles of nuclear weapons. What if one is set off accidentally? Or more likely, what if Russia cyber attacks the United States, causing massive damage to U.S. utilities, communications, banks, hospitals, and transportation networks here? What if Russian troops threaten NATO members along Ukraine's borders, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, or Romania? Or the newest NATO members along Russia's border, Estonia, Latvia, or Lithuania? Might the American public then be willing to commit ground troops? Those who have fought ground and air wars know that war is hell. Yet subsequent generations do tend to forget. By the eve of World War I, many in America and Britain were talking of the glories of large-scale warfare. Today, most Americans have no direct experience of war. Afghanistan and Iraq were abstractions for most of us. Vietnam has faded from our collective memory. Uh, eight, what is Putin really after? Not just keeping Ukraine out of NATO, because NATO itself isn't Putin's biggest worry. Hungary and Poland, after all, are NATO members, but are governed in ways that resemble Russia more than Western democracies. Putin's real fear is liberal democracy, which poses a direct threat to authoritarian strongmen like him, just as it did to Donald Trump. Putin wants to keep liberal democracy far away from Russia. Yet for two centuries, Ukraine has been the leading edge of Western ideology and culture. Putin's means of keeping Western liberal democracy at bay isn't just to threaten Ukraine, of course. It's also to stoke division inside the West by fueling racist nationalism. In this, Trump and Trumpism continue to be Putin's most important ally.